Welcome to the Eat Out podcast, an extension of our Facebook communities, bringing together food lovers from all over Spain and beyond to share the best places to eat and drink. I'm Valentina, your host, and I cannot wait for you to listen to what I have in store. I hope you're not hungry. In this season's episodes, I will be talking to our community members and business owners in Madrid about who they are, why they have a passion for food, and how they are coping during the coronavirus outbreak and much more. On today's episode, I'm joined by Stuart Colley, co-founder of Asian Army Madrid, a canteen-style restaurant within Mercado Anton Martin, specializing in Southeast Asian cuisine with a military chic theme. Find out how he and his wife, Isadora Tan, went from selling street food in London and hosting supper clubs in their own home in Madrid to accommodating 30 people at any one time through authentic dishes in their own restaurant. Hello, Stuart. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Eat Out podcast. How are you? Hi, Valentina. Yeah, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Surviving, just about, uh, <laughs> these unprecedented times. Yes, but, of course. Uh, yeah, we're just uh, resting and uh, getting ready to, uh, to go again when we can. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you and Asian Army Madrid. So my name's Stuart Colley. I'm one half of Asian Army Madrid, uh, a restaurant that I set up in uh, September 2019 with my partner Isadora Tan. I have just a bit, bit about me, but I grew up in London. I've worked 27 years in the, in the city of London in finance, both as a trader and as a broker. Uh, I've lived in Paris, uh, worked in London, obviously, and lived in Madrid for three years. I've worked a long time in finance, and uh, really, the last couple of years, I was getting sick of it. Yeah, we always wanted to to do to set up our own business and do something for ourselves. Yeah, we decided to uh, to open Asian Army in Madrid. And tell everybody where exactly is Asian Army located? Asian Army is 30-seater restaurant. It's inside the Mercado Anton Martin, mm-hmm. which is close to Barrio de las Letras and Lavapiés. Nicely situated. And uh, yeah, we're inside the market on the ground floor. And I mean, for us, it's a, it's a fantastic spot. Buy all of our produce or as much as we can from inside the market. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so, you know, we've got top quality chicken. The, all the fruit and veg comes from inside the market. The All the meats come from inside the market and uh, as much as we can. So uh, I guess I should just tell you that Asian Army is a, a Southeast Asian canteen-style restaurant. Mm-hmm. A military chic theme. Military chic. What, yeah. Why? What is that? It sounds exciting. And I've, I've seen the things you have. I'm interested to know, like, what inspired you to have that kind of theme? So I saw, or we saw, the um, some um, like a, a coffee shop in Asia last last year in Vietnam when we were traveling with kind of like a military chic theme, and uh, I thought, yeah, that's super cool, really cool, really like that, something different. You know, trying to trying to work back from there, really thinking I want to do something with this military theme, something mm-hmm. cool, not too not too aggressive, but something just a uh, you know cool. You go down to the Rastro market on a on a Sunday morning, and they're selling military jackets. You know, they're like hotcakes down there. Mm. So I thought, you know, people in Madrid love that that kind of military chic theme. And then working back from there, I think started thinking about. There's a famous quote by Napoleon, okay. who said that uh, an army marches on its stomach. Tied that together, um, came up with the Asian army and uh, the military chic theme. So uh, yeah. And you even wear 
like military themed clothing in the restaurant yeah don't yeah, you? yeah kind of yeah I'm, I'm even sitting here now in military green jumper oh wow so you, you've, you you're missing it so much that you had to put oh, on your uniform exactly 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 just to, to get into the role absolutely but uh, no no I think you know we wanted to do something which was different I think when you do come to our restaurant it's like you've gone to another world a little bit you know it's a totally different theme and uh, something original we tried to make it fun fun as well we've used this floral pattern of um teller teller as a like fabric that we use mm-hmm. on our lampshades and uh uh, which is like a uh, typical of Vietnam. So uh, we we imported that from uh, Vietnam last year. So it's it's kind of got a bit of a fun, quirky theme to it as well. So it's not not too serious. Well, I think that's really important, especially here in the capital. I mean, the food scene is is huge, and there are so yep. many different types of cuisine. New places opening up all the time. Obviously, during at this point. Mm. who knows <laughs> but you do need to be able to stand out from from others oh, definitely yeah no, that's for sure like you said people they like good food obviously they also like to go somewhere which has got a nice theme and something that they can tell their friends about you know have you been to asian army oh, that's really cool and something different yeah you've got to stand out like you say now tell me a little bit about the menu you said it was southeast asian what can people expect when they come to visit you and eat there in relation to my background, you know, I've worked in the city, I've worked in finance, and I've been lucky enough to to eat out at some amazing restaurants, at some Michelin-star restaurants in London, in Paris, in Madrid. You know, I kind of got a bit bit sick of, of all of that food, to be honest. You know, like amazing chefs, they work mm-hmm. incredibly hard, amazingly talented. You know, I, I started to see more restaurants in London popping up, which were more this sort of like casual dining experience. So a bit more like uh, Asian food court kind of things where people will go for a nice bowl of noodles and a beer and then, you know, maybe some satay or something like that. And, and then they just toddle off and go off and go for a drink or whatever. You know, I think people don't want to sit down with a napkin and a waiter fussing over them so much now. They just want to have a quick, nice bite to eat. And that's what we sort of set out to do with our menus very much it's sort of tailored towards the Spanish market you know Spanish people like to go and share with their friends you know so we've got a menu can easily be shared amongst like several people you can have like a nice table with all the plates on the table and and you're able to pick it a little bit of each dish and yeah really really sort of tap into that sharing culture which is prevalent in in Spain oh for sure now many of the people listening may be wondering is anything on your menu spicy? Because I know in Madrid, there's a lot of people <laughs> who love spicy, really spicy food, and sometimes they struggle to find that. How do you stand on the spiciness? Well, when, when we first started, we, you know, lots, lots of people said, oh, you know, Spanish people don't like spicy food. To be honest, it's been completely the opposite of oh, that. Really? Spanish people really, really, well, that have come to our restaurant, really like spicy food and really been looking out for it. That said, you know, most of our dishes have got a little bit of spice in them, but nothing that's going to blow your head off. But then we have like, you know, all the sauces which come on the mm-hmm. side, the homemade sauces. We have two sauces that we make called Killing Me Softly, which is the basic, <laughs> basic entry level sambal spice. 
Indonesian okay. sambal, the really spicy one, which is uh, OMFG. And that's uh, going to blow my... my head off, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a, a massive fan of spicy. I, I like spice, but not to the point of where I can't taste the food. No. But some people do like that, but it's good that you have the option. So if you are listening to this and you love spicy food, <laughs> they can cater to your spicy yeah. taste buds. Absolutely. Yeah, we can even probably make the OMFG sauce a couple of notches even spicier. Really? Wow. There are a few crazy people that come and go, yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, this is. And how, what is your stance on spicy? How much can you take? Uh, I like a little bit of spice, but I like to taste the rest of the food. Mm-hmm. And what about Isadora? She absolutely loves spice. She'll be sitting there and she'll have tears coming down <laughs> her face. I'm like, why? Why is the why would what you is do the that? In that? Yeah, it's very amusing. You know, all of our dishes come from Southeast Asia. Uh, there's a lot of influence from Indonesia, as uh, Isadora's from Indonesia. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's other other sort of dishes that we like from Southeast Asia, from Singapore, from Malaysia, and then some dishes from, from Vietnam, a little bit of Laos influence, mm-hmm. and dishes that we've experienced during our travels, really. And yeah, we're hoping when we get back, we're going to change the menu a little bit and maybe a bit more of a Vietnamese feel for, for the summer, you know, sort of lighter and, and fresher. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're working on that at the moment during the lockdown. That's where my next question was going to go to is, I assume at this point you are not open. No. So effectively, the situation right now has forced you to close. Yeah. How are you feeling? How is things? How is it affecting yeah. business? Well, obviously the business is completely closed. You know, we've been looking into the delivery business, but I think, once we factor in, you know, out of, to be honest, our landlord has been amazing and she's agreed just to, to charge us the, the gastos, the expenses for the for the restaurant, which, you know, is unbelievable, you know, is amazing. So, so such a nice person to have done that. And we've just battened down the hatches and uh, reduced our costs as much as possible. You know, we up until now, we've run our business prudently that, that we've got some money in the bank. We can survive probably six months at least. Mm-hmm. without without doing anything and hopefully it won't be, obviously it won't be that long but yeah yeah we've explored the delivery business and i think the time you factor in adding the extra rent not being able to use the full capacity of the restaurant mm-hmm. for costs etc etc and the delivery costs and that is you know i don't i don't think it's worth it for us to to open at the moment mm-hmm. until it's a bit clearer about you know what's what's going on yeah no i completely agree and mm. and so in the community right now obviously delivery is is a huge topic a lot of people are yeah. getting to the point where they don't want to cook at home anymore it's been yeah. what are we now six weeks in even more and they're looking for delivery but from a customer point of view i guess not everybody knows what it really takes to to set up a delivery mm. service and you know it's it's not just a case of just one day I'm closed and the next day I'm gonna suddenly deliver I think it's really important to, to let people know mm. that those that are able to deliver and they may have had this in the works for a while maybe yeah. or do have kind of the infrastructure to make this work but also to remember if your favorite places aren't able to do delivery right now it's not because they don't want to it's it's because just the the logistical part of it is just yeah. I guess com- complicated and you need to weigh up is this really worth it for the business exactly no totally yeah no with that being said 
what ways can our members and the people that love coming to visit you support you during this time while you're closed for a little while? What can we do to help? I think, you know, just uh, I think just carry on supporting businesses through delivery, getting takeaways to your, to your houses, to, to homes, saving up your, your pennies for when the restaurants are back open again in Madrid, you know, making sure that you come and visit, you know. And the, uh, the other thing when we do open, just remember, I know it's hard for everyone. I know it's not part of the culture here, but it'd be nice just to tip your waiters or waitresses when we do open again. And I know there's been a discussion on some of your forums on Eat Out Madrid and stuff, and it's always a hot topic. Mm-hmm. Let me just put it like this. If everybody left just one euro, you know, just one euro per person for your waiter or waitress, then, you know, at the end of the day, that would add up to a nice little bit of money for the, the waiter or waitress or the staff behind the scenes that work incredibly hard in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... That would be really nice and a, a nice way to reward people. I think I'd just say as well is that you know, the counter, people might go, oh, why don't you charge more and pay your staff more and et cetera. And I think, you know, once you factor in the, the taxes and the, the VAT here and stuff like that, you know, the, the waiter or waitress is only going to get a fraction of that tip, you know, and it's just going to add more admin, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, everyone's got a couple of 50 cents coins in their pocket. You know, and you have four people, it's four euros. You know, your your waiter or waitress would be very happy. No, oh, I think that's that's a great tip. Now, I'm just interested to know, because I've been to visit you, and yeah. when I've been there, it's been you and Isadora. Is it just you two that are working in this restaurant, catering to 30 people sometimes when you're at full capacity, or do you have other people? At the moment, we have, well, part-time and full-time staff, and then it's just uh, Isadora and I. Mm-hmm. And then on the particularly busy days, we get some people, you know, to come and work for us for the for the day or, or for the evening, whatever it is, you know. Depending how busy you are and, and things like yeah. that. Yeah, I know, like, the, well, this, this year has been incredible, you know, January, everyone told us it was going to be really quiet and we had a record month. February was, like, off the charts. We, we did 50% more business than, uh, than January. Wow. And, uh, and and March had it started off really well. You know, we was, we was considering like getting two full time staff to to help us to grow. Yeah, I guess you just can't predict what's going to happen no. each day. No, no, I think no. that's something we're learning, not just in the food and drink industry, but in every industry. Although this time it is not something that any of us want to be happening right now. It is making us kind of rethink our priorities and the way we do things. So I hope that when we do get back to whatever yeah. normal life is, maybe we are going into this with a more of a fresher look on the way we do business. Yeah, some things have certainly got to change. I don't want to get into politics, but maybe <laughs> some of the labour laws have got to change here maybe. and make it, make it a little bit more flexible. It's hard. In, in, in that said, the government here has been relatively supportive you know and we're, we've done the cese de actividad we're getting support from the government and both of our employees are getting paid from the government as well so you know and i think the comunidad de madrid there will be some some help as well there mm-hmm. so you know I think you've got to give the government some credit for yeah. trying to support us. And uh, as we all know, hosteleria and restaurants, hotel businesses are a huge part of the Spanish economy. So they need us to come back. Yeah, I hope that it's not too long because I am definitely <laughs> getting the cravings as somebody yeah. who eats out. 
three to four times a week is when I have the money, of course. Yeah. And it's just the, the culture of Spain is so sociable. In my opinion, there just there is no other option. It might take a, a yeah. bit to get back. And there may be some restrictions to begin with. But I think it's important that we consider the culture yeah. of Spain and what it was and what I hope it's still going to be. And we will get through this. It's like mm-hmm. we get through any challenges in life. And this has just been something that has, for me especially, gone much further than I ever imagined. And <laughs> the government are doing what they can and we're all doing what we can every day as we learn yeah. new information to deal with it. Yeah. Well, I think nobody could have imagined this. Nobody. It's unbelievable. But I think just on that point, like, you know, I love living in Spain for two reasons. One, for the, for the sun. Coming from London, you know, this is like the weather here is amazing mm-hmm. and the blue sky. And and I, I really love like the culture, the kind of like people people know how to enjoy themselves here. They're not necessarily like chasing money all the time. You know, they just want to have enough money in their pockets so they can spend time with their friends and family and then enjoy a enjoy some nice food and a, and a cold beer or a glass of wine and uh, I think we could all learn uh, a few more lessons from the Spanish. Definitely. Now, one of the things I was really interested in mm. was how you went from having um, supper clubs inside your apartment, which I came to one of them, to <laughs> opening a restaurant. And I know that I've thought about this in the past of opening a restaurant, but I know there is just so much that goes on behind the scenes to get this up and running. And I wondered if you had any advice for anybody listening who was thinking of opening a restaurant in Madrid, any advice you would give to them? Obviously this time is different, but imagine this time is not happening <laughs> in general. I think just to give your listeners a, a quick background, like this is not something we started just in September 2019. Uh, Isadora and I, we met in 2011. Uh, she, she's always worked in hospitality and restaurants and catering businesses and hotels, etc. And we, we always wanted to do, uh, we always dreamed of like doing our own restaurant. We started doing street food in London in 2014. We did like street food markets, festivals, we did pop-up restaurants, we did private catering events oh, you were busy. Then, yeah 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 I was whilst working in the city at the same time um, and then when we came to Madrid we started in 2018 doing the the supper clubs at our apartment so it's been a long fairly long journey for us to to get to where we've got to now so I mean I think the two things I'd say to people wanting to do their own restaurant is like you really need to know your market do your market research mm-hmm. understand who the competition are what the market wants where does your business idea fit in doing what we've done we've understood like the operation side of the business we've done 750 covers in a day wow. in Trafalgar Square for Chinese New Year, you know, like uh, the logistics of doing that were huge and the work that went into it. But all that's been an apprenticeship for us to get to where we are now. And I think, you know, you need to think about like what you want to achieve from your business. Is it just like a, a hobby kind of business or is it something you want to, to be scalable? You know, and how would you do that? And then the, the second point, I think once you think you've got that idea and the product or whatever it is, the concept that you'd like 
to do. So you've really got to think about your cost and managing your cost in your business. I think the way I like to start is I use like a sort of 10% rule. So I look at a restaurant or a unit, which is for rent. And then I assume that the rent's going to be 10% of my monthly turnover. So say, for example, the rent's 1,000 euros. The turnover to make this unit work needs to be 10,000 euros per month. And, uh, you know, and like that, I think you you know you can ask yourself, is this viable? Can I do that? Then you write, mm-hmm. okay, my average spend's going to be fifteen euros for each client or twenty euros. Okay, I need to serve X amount of customers to do that turnover. Is it feasible? Yeah, you know, so really got to nail your costs down. A lot of numbers going on. Yeah, and on uh, another thing which obviously comes up a lot on the Eat Out Madrid and, and stuff is like the, the cost of food is you know is a small part of running a restaurant. You know, most restaurants. Their gross margin or the amount that they spend on on food is 20, 30 percent, you know, of their of their turnover. Some restaurants maybe maybe less. You know, it's uh, you know, everyone can go to the shop and buy some ingredients for a fraction of what they cost. You know, once you put in all the other costs, and there's a, there's a lot to consider. And that's the reason why I, as much as I know that ingredients are cheaper to buy in supermarkets, I am not a good cook. I could cook, but the reason why I go and eat out in restaurants is because, first of all, I don't have to cook it myself. And I know the food, the dish that I'm ordering is going to be good. And that's the whole point of eat out and eat out Madrid and all of the cities that we have in Spain is that we're trying to bring together the recommendations of the best places to Mm -hmm. eat out in the different cities, because what's the sense in sharing the worst places to eat? Absolutely. Why why would we want to create a negative space? Oh, definitely. So I, I guess one last thing I have for you, we've been talking about Asian army this whole time and aside to Asian army, can you tell me if you have one, one of your favorite places to eat and drink when you have the time <laughs> and you're not yeah. working? <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's the main thing. Before Asian Army, we'd like to, uh, to go out and eat quite a bit. And uh, I wouldn't say we've got like one particular favorite place, but uh, I'll give you four places that we like to, to okay, go and eat. And I, I know one of those is your favorites, is Honest Green. Yes, love Honest Greens. I love what, uh, what Ben's done there. I think it's fantastic. Uh, healthy always come out of there feeling good about myself we like to go to a sushi restaurant in in chueca called nippon dos nippon two mm-hmm. there's always like a very humble japanese chef there very uh, very skillful and good quality for the price no no tonterias as they say in spanish <laughs> um also there's a there's a, a really cute little spanish place in mercado de torrios if i could say it properly it's a mm-hmm. it's a tiny little cute restaurant that specializes in uh, in seasonal spanish cuisine and stews uh, it's real sort of oh, nice. uplifting food like food for the soul it's called tres por cuatro okay. by, uh, by a chef called uh, alex marugan must add that to my long list of places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really cute little place and uh, you have to reserve that. <laughs> he's, he's only got, I think he's That's only okay. got about eight tables, eight seats, so very wow. small. in demand. <laughs> yeah, and then for me, for somewhere like a bit more upmarket is Trippier inside the uh, Mercado Valle Hermosa. It's run mm-hmm. by a chef called uh, Roberto Martez Ferronda, and it's like a fusion of Spanish, Peruvian, and Asian foods inside, oh, yeah, inside like a market setting. And for the quality of the food, for the level of the cooking, for me, it's like super cheap. I think it's like 35 euros a head. Love this place. Oh, and okay. uh, I took Isadora there for her birthday last year. 
Oh, lovely. That's, that's great. So those are your, your four favorite places. And obviously, now that you have Asian Army, the chances of you going to eat out are pretty <laughs> slim, I can imagine. Yeah, I think by the time it gets to Sunday, which is our only day off, you know, we might hop on the bus and go to Nippon Dos in, uh, in Chueca or get something from Honest Greens. But Just too tired. <laughs> too tired, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, look, it's been an uh, Asian army. It's been an amazing experience. I've met some amazing people in Madrid. The whole Madrid-like food community has been really supportive and uh, it's been, been brilliant. And I'd just like to, to finish and say that uh, January we won a prize. Oh, There's a, a newspaper, an online newspaper in Spain called El Español and mm-hmm. uh, they have a cooking section called Las Cocinias. We won a prize, one of the 25 best new restaurants in Madrid according to El Cocinia. Wow, congratulations. That was great. And you know, we've had a three Michelin star chef come and eat in our restaurant. Lots of other chefs have come from across Madrid to try our food. It's just uh just been You're a, the talk of the town. Uh, it's been amazing, yeah. It's been an incredible experience. And you know, the Spanish people and the people around us in the Mercado Anton Martin have been super supportive. So uh, can't wait to get back and uh, and get going again. Yeah, no, we can't either. So make sure once we are able to go out, please go and visit Asian Army on the ground floor in Mercado Anton Martin. And I can only anticipate that it's going to be pretty busy (laughs) when you do get started. So you may need to reserve a table or get in contact. You've got Instagram and Facebook. I'm sure you'll let everybody know when you're going to open once the situation has got better. But thank you so much, Stuart. Thank you, Valentina. Stay safe. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. If you did, please share this with your friends and family. In the meantime, if you're not already part of our communities on Facebook, feel free to join us at facebook.com forward slash eatoutglobal, where you'll find all the links to the six different groups we have in Spain to connect with other food lovers and share your favorite places to eat and drink in these cities. Speaking of which, I'm getting hungry, so I'll see you next time.